Remember, for it to be a forward pass, it's got to go forward. Kaepernick, end jump, crap three. Broken up, picked off! This game is over! Well, I'm the best corner of the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. L.O.B. He wants to get in a fight. You can't do that. The quarterback, you can't fight. Ah, yeah, this time I've got it. All right, you're very welcome along to Off The Ball's NFL podcast. Uh, joining us as ever, Sam Monson, a pro football focus at PFF underscore Sam. Also with us, Kian Fahey at Kian AF of Football Guys and Football Outsiders. And of course, our very own Donnie Mahoney. This week, we're talking about uh, the Week 10 results and looking forward to some pretty interesting games in Week 11 as well. Um, just to recap, really, on some of the big storylines from Week 10. The Packers, they good at football. The Bears, not so. Uh, the Eagles, it turns out Mark Sanchez, um, Mark Sanchez uh, yeah, is, is working out all right for them. Um, the Lions had a, an amazing victory against the Dolphins, and so they're sticking about this season. And the Chiefs, they're also for real. Uh, we might talk a little bit about the Browns as well. It seems like a very long time ago. Now, this weekend, some pretty interesting games too. Seahawks at Chiefs, Lions at Cardinals, Eagles at Packers, and the Patriots at the Colts. Um, I guess maybe one of the other things that I didn't mention there that we should start with... Um, Week on week, we get to talk about the Steelers and how weird a season they're having. And uh, I don't know what the truth is anymore because the Steelers found themselves completely outplayed by the New York Jets, Sam. Yeah, I think I said it last week that I don't have any idea who any of the AFC North teams are. I think all four of them have shown the ability to play really good football and all four of them have had at least one or two games where they've just not turned up and been absolutely killed by somebody. And... The Steelers were playing probably the best ball of any of them going into this week and just didn't turn up at all against the Jets. And, you know, the Jets played pretty well by their standards. Um, and, and Michael Vick actually being in that offense, it's a better thing than having Geno in it. I think it's probably the best you can say. He made a few Vick-type plays, but he was still far from good. But the Steelers just didn't look at, at it at all. How does that happen, Kian, when the team is riding so high, Ben puts in two of the greatest games back-to-back that anybody's ever seen in the history of the game, and then suddenly they come up against a team who was all set up for precisely the skill set that the Steelers have, and they fall over? I believe it's a coaching thing, and it has been a, an issue with the Steelers ever since Mike Tomlin has taken over. Uh, since the start of last season, they are 2-4 and four against teams with uh, 0.33 win percentage, so teams that win 1-3 games. And it, it's they, they turn up to these games and they seem to just have no intensity and they seem to just think they're going to turn up and win with ease and they just don't perform. And you look at Roethlisberger, uh, in the first half of that game last week, they went to a, a game plan that they used last year where they wanted to get rid of the ball quickly and wanted to rely on running the ball and use screens because the Jets' defensive line is just too, so much better than their offensive line. And that didn't work. So then in the second half, they went to a more expansive offense like they had done the previous two weeks. And the timing with Roethlisberger and his receivers just wasn't there. He threw two interceptions, as you as you see. One of them was uh, Martavis Bryant's fault, and one of them was just Roethlisberger's fault. And it, it's just the overall inconsistency of the team. Is ju- it just leads you back to looking at Tomlin and LeBeau and Haley and thinking that there's something there in their culture that makes them play down to their opposition. 
Um, yeah, again, it must be very annoying for everybody because um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat them. That's right, of course. Who can forget? And the Jets have now beaten them. And in their division, uh, they're six and four, and they're third. But the Ravens, who are fourth, are also six and four. The Browns are six and three, and uh, Cincinnati for now are five, three, and one. Yeah, not going away. It's very hard to understand this, but this is why you just sort of have to wash your hands and say, "I'm just not going to get that involved in it. It's too crazy. Stay away from it. Don't don't try to think about it. Just let it go. It's you know." You know, you watch the Chiefs, you watch the Seahawks, you watch the Broncos. Those teams Makes make sense. sense. Think about those teams, and you just sort of watch those, watch these weird <laughs> games, and just sort of laugh and scratch your head and go and enjoy them. Yeah, for what they are, because there's no point trying to understand, other than you should know by now that the Steelers are gonna get, are gonna lose to bad teams, are gonna play amazing to good teams. Like it's you know, you just have to accept good once you get to the playoffs, assuming that um, somehow they don't end up. I facing. Presume they presume they just won't get to the playoffs. It'll all balance out, and they'll be eight and eight, and um, they'll be left behind. So the Browns will march on to that to win the division, and there'll be no room for them. How realistic is this uh, Browns team marching all the way? A twenty four three win where they annihilated uh, Cincinnati in Cincinnati on Thursday night. Uh, it seems like a long time ago now, but it's a very very impressive win. And um, they aren't going away, despite some of the, the issues that they have, Sam. Why have they managed to make it so far, and is this sustainable, do you think? I think they're a pretty good team. Um, the, the defense isn't bad. The offensive line is good. They can run the ball. Brian Hoyer is just good enough to to not lose them games. He's able to execute the the deep passes off play action that they, they set up with the running game. And they're about to get Josh Gordon back as well, which should be huge for them. Um, but I mean, one of the big things is they're coming up against some bad teams. I mean, Cincinnati were terrible. We had, you know, there, there's good Andy Dalton and there's bad Andy Dalton, and this was some kind of, you know, redheaded stepchild cousin that was just wretched, awful Andy Dalton. Who, I mean, he was historically bad in that game. Um, at any time a quarterback is that terrible, the chances of the other team winning are pretty high. So the Browns. As long as nobody else gets their act together in that division, they could win it. And at that stage, who knows what happens in the playoffs. Cincinnati are obviously stuck with Andy Dalton for at least two seasons, I think. Um, otherwise, the cap hit would be absolutely ludicrous for them. What do you do in a situation like this, Keen, where he appears to have lost confidence and is, as Sam pointed out, performing at historically bad levels? You're stuck with him. How do you try and snap him out of this funk? How do you try and restore the semblance of mediocrity that at least was the hallmark of the early season um you go back about 12 months and you don't give him the contract (laughs) i I don't think there is a way to fix him this is who andy dalton is it's who he has been ever since he's been in the league really he he kind of because he was good as a rookie we, we thought he'd improve we thought he'd get better as the years went by and he just never really changed and he's just stayed the way he is last week's game was probably the worst game i've ever seen a quarterback play he was he didn't he couldn't even if you look at Cam Newton's game on Monday night where the offensive line was terrible and Newton didn't play well but his performance overall was dragged down by his offense around him. The Bengals' offense around Dalton didn't play badly. They just his receivers were open and the ball wasn't coming to them. The offensive line was protecting him and he was running into running into pressure. And it's the kind of thing where I, I'm surprised we didn't really see many people calling for Jason Campbell as bad as Jason Campbell has been in the past. But I don't really think there's a way to fix him. I think the only thing you can really do is 
try and run the ball a lot, try and give create easy yards for him and just hope he gets into some sort of rhythm like Joe Flacco used to do in the playoffs at times, even though Dalton has never shown his ability to do that. Just kind of just get to this get to the postseason and from there you just have to hope. There was a four or five week period there where Mohamed Sanu would have uh, mm-hmm. a, a touchdown pass or Andy Dalton would run or catch a touchdown pass. Yeah. And you're thinking, this is all a bit interesting, isn't it, for the guy they've just given all the money to Funny that they don't want him doing all that. And now you realise that he can't really can't manage this. No, yeah. he's got nothing to offer. What's interesting, though, is I think here we are now, week 11. We're starting to see, we, we, we know, it's becoming clearer, I think, who the bad teams are and how, who the good teams are. We know, that, okay, maybe the Steelers are going to be schizo. But, like, hey, the Bengals, bad. Bears, bad. Um, Panthers, bad. Those were all teams that we were, you know, maybe th- four or five weeks ago, we were like, ooh, are they good or are they bad? Now we know the legitimately bad teams. We know, you know, we know who our top tier is, and that sort of second tier is started starting to crystallize, become clear, and that's kind of it's kind of interesting. Just you know, where as the season evolves, now sort of the big dogs are turning up, and um, you know, the playoff picture is starting to you know become clearer. Yeah, the big dogs definitely turned up. You mentioned the Bears there. Aaron Rodgers was outstanding in uh, the first half. And um, maybe the Bears were historically bad as well, Sam. I don't, I don't know how much you don't want to. Like, we know Aaron Rodgers is a genius, so maybe it's not overreaching when you say that he put in one of those brilliant performances. Um, and this is a heady combination of genius versus awfully coached team who appear to have quit on their coach or getting close to it anyway. Yeah, the defense looked terrible for, for Chicago. They they just looked like they, they couldn't really be bothered playing. There was a, an awful lot of plays where people were just jogging around, not hustling to plays. There was one particular disaster. It was a long screen pass to, to Eddie Lacy where he cuts back across the field and the two backside defenders for Chicago just run into each other and take each other out, allowing him to gain like another 40 yards. It's, I mean, that was just, it was a train wreck. It's not a well-coached team, but you know, and, and Tressman is coming out after the game saying things like there there was nothing wrong with their preparation. They were well prepared for the game. And he just doesn't understand what's gone wrong between that and what's gone out in the field. That's not an encouraging thing for a head coach to be saying, I no. think, because, you know, if, if your preparation is so good and you end up playing like that, then that seems to point the, the finger of blame squarely at you. That's not my team out there. Hey, I don't know what's going on with those yeah, guys. I'm just getting paid to, <laughs> to pick them and uh, and sort them out. Um, the Packers look keen at this point like they're definitely in Super Bowl contention or again, is that an overreach given that the opposition were so poor? Uh, I, I do think the opposition were that poor and I do think it's largely because of Tressman. The thing we, we found or we heard today was that Tressman is watching tape of the games they won to try and figure out what was different. And that's not really inspiring either. It's hard to judge, it's hard to judge coaches from the outside because we don't see 90% of what they do. But Tressman is kind of showing all the signs of a bad coach who doesn't really know what he's doing. But on the other side of it, the, the Packers, the Packers, this Packers team is kind of like the Packers team that won the Super Bowl a few years ago in the sense that Aaron Rodgers has just taken his game to a level that's uncontainable and he's just going to will them. To, to the top and he's just going to keep dragging them to wins and they do have a lot I wouldn't say they have a lot of talent I'd say they, I'd say they have enough talent to be a contender but I wouldn't they wouldn't be a team that I'd fear if Rodgers started playing like a, an above average quarterback or just a good quarterback instead of the superhuman quarterback he's been yeah there's no sign of that though is there none at all he, he's had I think he's had two games this year two bad games this year and they weren't even bad they were 
in week one against Seattle where everyone was still kind of intimidated by Seattle and he didn't throw at Richard Sherman. And then in uh, against the Dolphins, he had a couple of passes that I thought should have been intercepted and should have possibly been pick sixes. And even outside of that, he still won the game at the end. So you can't really say it was bad, you know? Yeah, OK, let's move on because um, the other team that Donnie mentioned, the Chiefs, they beat the Bills 17-13 at the weekend. And they too are sticking around. This was a team, I think, uh, early on in the season, people were like, ah, oh, definite regression here. Yeah, No signs of progress. And then suddenly it's like, oh, hang on. They lost, they lost Tennessee first week. Everybody thought, hey, that uh, Andrew Luck game. Maybe they're not going to forget about that so easily. But, you know, tough game, tough crowd to play in Buffalo. Okay, maybe Colorado, maybe not the greatest quarterback ever. Maybe the Buffalo Bills running backs, Bryce Brown in particular, could do a better job bringing the ball into the end zone. Yeah, he had a fumble from a couple of yards. From the one-yard line. Okay. <laughs> um Maybe Kyle Orton could throw a pass that could even be sort of deemed catchable on whatever it was, fourth and ten in the fourth quarter. But, you know, Kansas City, they made their own luck. Things are going well for them. I think they've won like eight in a row against the spread. They're just solid. They got Seattle in Arrowhead this weekend, and it's like, I kind of like Kansas City that that game. I, I the, You know, of the boring, efficient offenses, They, you know, Alex Smith, he just sort of gets stuff done. He manages the game, as they say, on the NFL Network, and that's yeah. that's kind of what you need. Yeah, sometimes uh, managing a game means that you actually have a chance of winning it, as opposed to. Well, what you you know, I mean, like he, I'd take him over Kaepernick if I was picking a team right now. You know, like really, yeah. Well, the uh, Kaepernick that the two that that exists in 2014 versus the the Alex Smith that exists in 2014. Like, so for every crazy hail mary thing that Kaepernick could throw against the Saints in that game, yes, don't he? You know. He's still fumbling balls on the on the goal line himself. Like, you, there's something to be said for a game manager. Uh, does anybody else? Would anybody else take? Uh, certainly not the Kaepernick that played against the Saints. I thought he was really good in that game. That and the amount of yardage and and kind of extra passes that were dropped by his receivers. I think Bolden dropped four on his own, and Bolden doesn't drop passes. I think that's it's the most he's had in certainly since PFF has been going. He's never had more than two in a game before. And he dropped four in that game, including one that would have gone for a huge touchdown and made Kaepernick's kind of raw numbers look an awful lot better. But he was really good in that game and had a few absolutely crucial plays in terms of getting them the win. Yeah, I um, I listened to some idiots um, in the afternoon on San Francisco radio like, well, he's throwing the ball too hard. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I think they're idiots, but uh, maybe they know more about this than I do. Is, 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 is he in any way responsible for any of those drops? No, I don't think so. I mean, you can definitely rifle a pass too hard, hard for guys to, on, on certain routes, certain routes that need a, you know, touch passes, kind of precision, nice, dainty throws to them. But a lot of these throws were stuff that Bolden knows he should catch. Certainly the one that would have gone for a, a huge touchdown was a perfect pass. There was another one um, down the right-hand sideline late in the game that Michael Crabtree couldn't bring in that was a, another great pass. It was a bit low, but again, a a perfect pass you you expect the the receiver to make. Yeah. All right. Uh, so they are still in it um, with a pretty wild game. Yeah. That was there was a, a fourth down um, play that Crabtree, who then afterwards was complaining about not being used enough. But well, when he gets open like that, you kind of wonder maybe they should be using him a bit more. Fourth and ten, hail mary, bomb. Yeah. But I mean, they should have lost the game because of that um, the, the pass interference called on uh, Jimmy Graham on uh, Jimmy Graham what are you talking about no that, like that was clearly they clearly dove <laughs> two, two hand no. push he does dive yeah. at the end it's true he, 
he dove after he was pushed in the back. Yeah, wow. just to make sure that nobody missed that I was pushed. I'm diving. I think that's totally legit. I don't like so you. So there's a whole progression of Hail Mary plays that you know, like forty or fifty years of them, and now you're just going to start to police them and call pass interference on them. Isn't that how it's done? The ridiculous thing is, though, that he didn't need to push him at all. He, he out, he's yeah. got like seven inches in height of him. He just jumped in the air. He would have caught the ball anyway. True. Which would have been the wildest end of a game in a long time. It would have been, especially Jimmy Graham fantasy owners. <laughs> We're just kind of tearing okay. up their programs. <laughs> uh, the other thing we've got to talk about is Calvin Johnson came back. The Lions are now 7-2. and two. They beat the Dolphins uh, 2016 in that game. It was a big win for the Lions because um, I don't know, Keen, if everybody believed that... The Lions were for real, uh, and yet that was despite the fact that they've won and been very consistent over the last couple of weeks. Without Calvin Johnson, Sue has been amazing. Um, what do they have to do for everybody to think, hang on a second, something special is going on here, or is Matt Stafford the block to that? I believe Matt Stafford is the block to that. I think he last week he didn't play well. He should have had three or four interceptions by my count, and he was just fortunate that the defensive backs didn't adjust to the ball or defensive backs that didn't catch the ball. Um, Calvin Johnson's a huge addition, obviously enough. We, you could see it on that touchdown reception where Brent Grimes has perfect coverage. Brent, Brent Grimes seems to know where the ball is going and Johnson is just too big and too quick and he just makes it easy, you know. Uh, on the whole, the Lions are, I think they're a good team, a team that will be in the playoffs, a team that no one will want to play in the playoffs, but it's hard for me to make them uh, my favourite team in the NFC or a team that I think should should get to the NFC Championship or get to the Super Bowl. I just, I can't buy into their quarterback. And we know, like everyone, everyone knows who watches the playoffs year in, year out, that the quarterback position just become, seems to become more important when it's a one-off game. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, look forward to this weekend's games. Actually, before we do, the Cowboys obviously went to London. Tony Romo played. He played well. Mm-hmm. And they survived the Romo's broken back they get a week off, they get to lick their wounds and yep. heal up a little bit. And uh, that's about as good as it could have gone for Dallas. Well, they've also have Des Bryant now, who is sort of like, he's on this sort of national campaign for a new contract and he has uh, Jay-Z's people looking after him as Asians. And he is going to play the next six weeks like a demon. He is going to try to make as much, he's going to basically try to take over the league, I think. And go on the piss every Friday night in London. Whatever, if that's involved, that's fine. You can The body can recover. These guys are uh, super athletes. So, I mean, I, Bryant was incredible. The, some, the one uh, reception he had for touchdown was uh, incredible to watch. So, I, you know, I think the Cowboys are there, but, like, you talk about the quarterback position and how important it is. I'm looking forward to an NFC Championship game. Mark Sanchez against Drew Stanton, battling it out. <laughs> the two two men slotted into the system who are just sort of, you know, your everyman kind of guys, just sort of nothing too elite or exceptional about them, managed by really uh, smart, you know, coaches and coordinators. You know, I think maybe we're going to break the mold this year. Looking forward to it. Uh, what about Mark Sanchez before I start talking about this weekend? The, the pressure on him must have been pretty intense they absolutely dominated the Panthers they beat them 45-21 um, I think the Panthers scores came late on late, in that game as well. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know if, if you've got a stand-in coming in cold and with the reputation of the butt fumble then Sanchez probably outperformed expectations uh, I think he played pretty much exactly two expectations like I mean Nick Foles hadn't been playing well in that offense at all, so the scope for Sanchez to come in and be much worse than that was pretty small. I think the chances are 
it, it's an offense that's almost crafted to or designed to make it fairly easy for a quarterback. They don't have to do a whole lot. They don't need to be great. They're given enough pretty good looks and pretty good, pretty easy opportunities to to be productive without being fantastic. And that's pretty much what Sanchez did. He took a few of those opportunities. He got a bit lucky avoiding kind of catastrophic mistakes, but that was probably better than Nick Foles has been doing for most of the season um, without being, you know, fantastic. Yeah, it's a great game this weekend. It's going to be very interesting to see mm-hmm. the Eagles at the uh, Packers 9.25 hour time on Sunday evening. A great game. Slightly but- different talent uh, pool quarterback in this one obviously a little bit different but it's going to be a shootout I think and that you know the Eagles every week I think they're you know lower expectations you know oh the quarterbacks aren't great blah blah they put points up every week and like they're in you know they're not they're not getting blown out they're winning most of their games they're seven to two now like I don't yeah. I wouldn't want to be Dallas I wouldn't feel comfortable being a Cowboys fan that team is like they've got weapons yeah, I probably would have said they should have beaten the 49ers as well that time. Um, Kian, what do you think of this uh, Eagles-Packers game? Uh, I think it's going to be fascinating to watch Sanchez again in the second week because he was, he was inconsistent. He wasn't great last week. He was good enough for them to be effective. And like Sam said, the Eagles offense is brilliantly designed because it does take the pressure off of the most difficult position. I just think when, you, when you've got Aaron Rodgers on the other side, Sanchez is going to have to... Not it, obviously they're able to put up points, but the idea if Sanchez wastes drives early in the game and they let Rodgers and the Packers get ahead of steam up, it might become very difficult for them to get back into the game. So you kind of you need Sanchez to be more consistent than he was last week. They got interception returns for a touchdown and turnovers last week that really helped them. So I, I, you can't really bank on them on a week to week basis. So I think we learn a lot more about what Sanchez is going to be moving forward this week rather than what we did last week. All right, we've got to talk about Brady against Luck this week. We uh, mentioned it a bit on the podcast last week. But, um, Sam, this is the uh, one of the greatest quarterback duels. And it's going to be, I think, in decades to come, people will go, ah, these two played against each other. Uh, do, do Indianapolis have enough weapons at the moment for us to fully understand just how brilliant a quarterback Andrew Luck can be? Uh, yeah, I don't think that... I don't think Luck is being held back at the moment by the talent around him. I think the only thing holding Luck back at the moment is Andrew Luck. He just, he's always been, certainly always in the NFL, he's just always been a guy who misses too many routine throws. And for all the great plays that he makes, there's always a few throws in there that are just, he should ha- he should be making. You know, they're, they're easy routine throws and they're just inaccuracies. And I don't see that there's any reason that he should be missing those. They're the kind of things that I expect him at some point to to iron out. But so far, we haven't really seen any sign of him doing it. We had a kind of brief stretch at the start of the season where he wasn't really making too many of them, um, but has kind of lapsed back into it. So I think he's still a very good quarterback. And certainly when, when the chips are down and when the game is on the line, he does seem to raise his game to another level. But there's still an awful lot of just routine bad plays from Luck uh, early in games. That sounds like you would make the Pats favourites this weekend. I don't know. It'll be close. I think because the Colts are at home, um, it becomes you know a closer deal than that. But I just think, and certainly I think Brady is the better quarterback of the two at the moment, is playing much better than Luck is. The question is, you know, is that going to be enough, just having the better guy playing going into the game? This is a big game for the Pats because if they win this, you've got to 
think that time is running out for them um, to lose the division and suddenly they're looking at getting home team advantage and they, yeah. they, they start looking with a lot of confidence to planning to be playing it. Not that they're not going to not be playing in January given the way that they're playing at the moment, but I think January is going to happen, but who is the number one seed in that conference is a very big thing. Denver obviously aren't going away after last week, so um, it's whoever wins this game, I think, is going to be in the driver's seat for that number one spot. Whoever doesn't is looking at you know traveling to maybe Denver, you know. So there's really a lot at stake here for New England um, and for Indianapolis, obviously. I you know it's Colts Patriots games. For the sort of uh, for the Patriot fan, kind of in, they kind of bring you back to sort of two thousand and two and three and uh, Marvin Harrison and Peyton Manning, the younger version, and the Patriots, and it's sort of different ilk and a lot of really brilliant games, really loud fans. Patriots would always win these games, I would, in my memory. But like, just it's it's a cool rivalry. I like the Indianapolis fans get loud and get noisy there, um, especially at night on at night games. I think it, you know. Definitely one worth staying up for if if you're if you're uh, looking to get into the sport. All right, uh, the Lions and Cardinals. Obviously, you mentioned um, that uh, Drew Stanton's going to be at quarterback here. Uh, big disappointment, I think, for everybody that we're not going to get to see Carson Palmer fully extend his reach and revel in the fact that he's got a team worthy of his talents. Well, I, I don't really have any particular affinity towards Carson Palmer. Just think it's funny that he signed a contract and then three days later did his cruise and missed the, missed the year. I don't know. It must be a funny sort of feeling to have on one level. You can't play anymore on the other level. 16 million. 16 million. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, can Drew Stanton fulfill the prophecy of Bruce Arians and say, yes, I can bring my team to the Super Bowl? This is what I want to find out. Don't let other teams change in your lockers is what he's been telling everybody. Oh, about. yeah, because the, they're hosting. See, if they... The the romance of the Cardinals Patriots Super Bowl is that it was in that stadium where um in Glendale or wherever it is in Arizona where the Patriots blew two thousand seven Super Bowl to the Giants. So I think if that's the one that's the one that sort of stings Patriots fans the most and obviously Brady and Belichick. So vengeance to go back to the scene of the crime and to sort of to claim vengeance. That that would be the goal. Now I don't know, you have anyway, the Cardinals um I don't know the Lions. Are they good? I don't like. We'll find out. I, I, I you've got to love the, uh, you got to love the Cardinals' self belief. Their defense is really good. They just that game was sort of in the balance, and then boom, yeah, destroyed them. The thing about the Cardinals, Sam, is that um, they had all these season-long injuries very early on, and in key positions, everybody's like, oh, this is, uh, they can't keep doing this, and then they keep doing it, and they keep pulling amazing plays out, which. Uh, gives them unlikely victories or turns the momentum, and then they just go home, go and steamroll teams uh, in the final quarter. What's going on here? Yeah, the, the Cardinals and the Eagles, I think, were two really interesting teams because they had a lot of injuries early, but kept winning throughout them and kind of kept winning enough games until their guys started to get back healthy. Um, and at that stage, you're expecting both teams to be able to go on a bit of a run down the stretch. But now. Sanchez is the quarterback in, in Philadelphia and Stanton is now the, the quarterback in Arizona with, with Palmer going down and it kind of throws both those things into question. With, Cardinals are interesting because they seem to change their game slightly when Stanton was in because he's already seen game time with, with Palmer missing some games earlier through injury. And I mean, it, it's uh, Arian, Bruce Arians always has quite an aggressive uh, kind of deep striking deep passing offense um, 
and Palmer's done a lot of that this season, but the amount, the frequency with which they go deep when Stanton is in the game is way, way, way higher. And I think that it might be Arians sort of thinking that the defense is pretty good. You know, we can run the ball okay. If I can get just enough, you know, if I can get a couple of big strikes out of Drew Stanton, he doesn't need to be great. In fact, he doesn't even need to be good. But if he can get me a couple of big plays in a game, that's enough. That's enough to push us over the edge with all the rest of the roster that we've got already playing pretty well. Speaking of which, John Brown currently has the best touchdown dance of anyone in the league. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like really kind of, it sort of looks like it's sped up. He's moving, he's doing like 20 different motions in once. Much better than Austin Safarian Jenkins' touchdown celebration, which apparently is illegal. Yeah, he he put his foot on the ball. You're not allowed to use the ball as a prop. It was like he was. What was he trying to do? Like the ball was like a like a mountain he'd climbed. I don't know. It was I, it was like like trapping it the way you would trap a soccer ball, and so he's gonna get fined for it. But the arms cross across his. There was something chest. else he did as well that he also uh, called himself the captain. So I think it was trying to like be standing in the side of a ship or something. <laughs> No, he was. It was emulating some uh, Captain Morgan's or some oh, kind of brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the 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 kind of their logo or their their mascot poses like that. Uh, so there's a possibility he was getting paid to do it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, possibly. Uh, it's viral marketing, I think. Uh, the Seahawks against the Chiefs is a, a real opportunity for us to tell the truth then, or to see if either of these two teams is as real as they seem, um, or if the Seahawks are getting back to a bit of. The, the form, Marshawn Lynch, four touchdowns last weekend, Keen, kind of insane levels of uh, production, even by his amazing standards. And are they beginning to get back a little bit to the identity of the team? Last week was bizarre because it was like watching a college offense where they ran for 350 yards and the, the opposing defense just didn't really seem to know how to adjust to what they were doing. The Giants never even tried to stop Russell Wilson, who ran for over 100 yards in a touchdown. And even while focusing on Marshawn Lynch, they couldn't stop Marshawn Lynch running for 150 yards and four and three or four touchdowns, whatever it was. Uh, it was it, it's a bizarre. It was a bizarre game last week, and this week I think is going to be kind of very different in how and how we um, in how the game develops because the Chiefs won't let Russell Wilson run so easily. And Wilson hasn't had a good year. He's been making throws that he never made last year. And he, just, he looks like he's going to uh, kind of, kind of go, go to combust at some stage because he's just throwing the ball into traffic and overthrowing deep receivers and stuff that he didn't do last year. The Chiefs haven't been great, but with their defensive front, with Poe, Houston and Halley, you've got three all-pro talents who could just harass him all day. And it could be another one of those Chiefs games where... The offense doesn't really do anything and doesn't look good, but they just hang around and win it at the end. Uh, so you think they actually have a, a real chance of winning this game? I'd probably pick them, although my, my picks this year have been atrocious, so you, you <laughs> may feel like you me. I thought the Cardinals were going to be terrible this year. so <laughs> Yeah, that hasn't happened just yet. Um, Sam, what do you think? Are, are we beginning to see something more of Seattle? Does, does a win like last weekend's where they realise that they should actually use Marshawn Lynch as often as they possibly can. Does that help them just to remember that they were the most fearsome team in all of football less than 12 months ago? I think it, it, it gives them a blueprint or a roadmap to what they should be. You know, they, they tried to get a bit more expansive. And in fairness, Russell Wilson, I think, was ready for that coming into the year. He'd, he'd done better than the kind of game manager tag people were giving him last season. Um, and he'd shown the ability to to orchestrate the offense a bit more himself. But for whatever reason, I think he's taken a step back this year and they probably should go back to what they were doing so well last year, which is basically just 
feed Marshawn Lynch relentlessly until teams try and clamp down on that too much. And then Russell Wilson can kind of keep a couple of pa- a couple of balls himself and break off a couple of big runs um, on, the, on the read option and and take advantage of what the space opens up with the passing game. Um, the, the downside is, or the, the kind of question mark is, that it, there's so many average teams in the NFL at the moment that every time a team beats somebody, it's difficult to know how much of it is them getting themselves back on track and how much of it is they've just come up against another average team that didn't have a great game. Yeah, there are definitely a lot of average teams. The Giants will be king of... Uh, oh, they're below average, I think. Uh, that kind of gelatinous. Well, you know, mm, well, they get, they're getting close to us. It's it's, it's fair. Um, interesting. Richard Sherman afterwards went. Odell Beckham is very good. He's oh, a real yeah. talent. They, those guys should give him more of the ball. He is pretty good though, uh, and very magnanimous from Mr. Sherman, who is um, not noted for his magnanimity. Not towards other receivers, especially ones he's just marked. But uh, I like Beckham. He's pretty decent. You you were a uh, an early adopter. Odell owner, yeah, yeah. I own him. On that note, my thanks to uh, Sam and Keen. Thanks, lads. Cheers. All right, time for part two of the show. Mick, angry producer Mick, has joined us for Mick's picks, which uh, are going quite well for the two of you after last week, but not so well for me. <laughs> Is your, was it your third own three week in a row? Was it? Ah, oh, no, that's it, not your, true. It was your second anyway. Uh, I decided to take the underdogs with points at home. Uh, watching the Denver Raiders game. Yeah, it's a great pick for a quarter. The CJ Anderson touchdown was ridiculous. I don't know if you've seen it. I've seen it. It was amazing. Yeah. It completely changed the game. Took the wind out of the sails because it looked like, oh, they've got a good, they've actually got a really good play here. They're going to get him out for like a short gain and that's a, might even have been a long third down. Instead, he yeah. takes it to the house, dribbling past about 22 defenders, looping back around to just to dance in front of them before. It was like messy. It was. It was brilliant. Um, so that, but it was it was like it was, I remember the, the Manning. There was two turnovers early. They looked really ropey. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then it was, I was like, "Oh, look at Jer, fair play, back in the Raiders." Yeah, then I kind of spaced out for three hours. Then it was forty-one seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. He took two massive covers. The Giants as well. The Giants. And both of them looked really good. And until, I was thinking about. It, I was yeah. like, "That was a ballsy move." And of course, both of them turned out that they're bad football teams and couldn't keep it going for four also, quarters. Also, Marshawn Lynch, what a <laughs> yeah. prick. Uh, playing him this week, uh, also playing Jordy Nelson. I, I I brought in one of the scores. I had a, a really good week in one of my leagues, 120 points. Well, well done. Like that's yeah, that's great. That, that wins most weeks. Yeah, it, it would have hammered like nine of the 12 people in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, I ended up getting beaten 169-20 by wow. somebody who had nobody on his bench that he could play that week who was <laughs> useful. So, but it wasn't it. So he had this guy had Jordy Nelson, John Brown, John Brown. Kelvin Benjamin, (laughs) who got two garbage time touchdowns. Uh, The Packers D, which was like 27 points. Yeah. And did I say Jordy Nelson? I did. I can't even remember who his quarterback was at this point. Uh, But it was a bad loss. Yeah, so it now means that I'm in a relegation playoff against you this weekend. Well, it's a relegation. Oh, sorry, this is the 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 14-team league. Yeah, Yeah, this is a relegation playoff. It's amazing. Some listeners might not know the intricacies of the fantasy leagues that we've set up for ourselves. But we've actually, uh, in a league that we've created, have a relegation system where the, t- <laughs> the, the bottom two teams get relegated to a lower tier of of a sort of lower... A championship. A championship, so to speak, of lower fantasy species. Yeah. People that aren't as good. Nathan rookies, and Keen. Rookies and newbies, yeah. these kind of yeah. people. Dave McIntyre couldn't even make it in. That's what <laughs> yeah. that was. So there's, this is a 14-team league. 13 and 14 get the boot every year. 
there's no money at stake in this league, but there's a lot of pride. It's been this is the third year running, and I be, won it last year. Yeah, just to point didn't out, didn't get enough credit for it. Jerry, no, even I didn't. If you do say so. I didn't get enough credit for it. A Kyle Orton missed out to Demarco Murray, won it by a single uh, point percentage point. I remember that game very well. But now you're so in this league. One of the newbies is a friend of Mick's here, so the, he's three and seven. Jerry, you're three and seven. Mick, you're four and six. And struggling. I'm, I'm four and six. Yeah. So I play Mick's three of mate. the four plebs. Yeah. Does anyone want to know what Jerry? Do you want to know who the, my starting running backs are against you this week? Go on, Trey Mason. Oh, Trey Mason's not bad. Apart from uh, the old fumble. Well, no, oh. not as your lead running back, and either D'Angelo Williams or Theo Riddick. Oh, that makes me feel better. I have the I have Murray <laughs> on by. But sorry, go on. You were saying this. So basically, we have two relegation six pointers. Yeah, this two weekend. relegation six pointers this week. So Jerry caught a last second touchdown last weekend to win the game for the Lions. So I think he he's going to get a lot of love this week. He won't. No, he did nothing. He, like he had like. Zero fan. Yeah, I think he had minus fancy points before he caught that touchdown. Uh, he finished with eight. One of the uh, of twenty yard. One of the guys in this league, he has he's sort of mid table. He's gonna. He's. I think he's cleared the relegation mire this week. And what he decided, I think he's decided he's not going to win the league. So he's just decided to play for next year, and he's trading all of his good players or for, for picks for draft picks for next year's draft. Yeah. So at twelve thirty five in the morning on Sun um, Monday morning Sunday night, I was offered Des Bryant for my second round pick next year. Des, and you after took it. Des Bryant, now Des Bryant on a bye this week. Yeah, there's three weeks left in the season, so basically I'm renting him. I don't think the playoffs are going to happen for me this year, <laughs> so I'm renting Des Bryant for three weeks for a second round pick, so I can stay in the league next year. And what now? It's a it's obviously a big call. Yeah, I'm probably condemning myself to relegation next, next year. year. Yeah, but this year my second round pick was Frank Gore, so. Frank Gore, nobody. We should tell everybody that was, there's two keepers in this league, so that's, that's why right. your second round pick was yeah, Frank Gore. Yeah, so, so he's actually a fourth and fourteen runner. teams. Yeah, so some of yeah, so it's pretty. Some of the stock was depleted by the time oh, of my second round pick. Scandalous. Yeah. So my thinking is, take live in the moment. This league might not exist in a year. The world might be over. Because <laughs> right, you'll be relegated and won't bother yeah. being the commissioner of. I us. got offered uh, Tom Brady. I already have Mark Sanchez, Ben Roethlisberger, and Ryan Tannehill on my uh, bench. So Neil didn't do a good job of seeing what my needs were. Mm. And Alfred Morris. He's offered me Tom Brady, I'd say, nine times this season. I got offered Alfred Morris as well. I turned that down. For, for what f- round? A third round pick. Uh, that wouldn't be bad. The I, whole point about the um, third round pick being kind of useless because it's actually a fifth rounder. I mm. hadn't, hadn't thought that through. Well, yeah. I was saying I that, I, I, that I'm actually now. saying the opposite. I'm saying that it's a massive thing to give away because Donnie's given away a second round pick in a league that by the time you get down to the fifth round, you're talking about Jonathan Stewart. Or you're talking about, like, you know, you, yeah. like the fifth round is pathetic because well, there's so many teams and there's so many keepers. Donnie's giving away a second round pick for a guy he's going to play three games with. Well, but, I mean, it's Frank Gore. That's, th- that, that's the version of that this year. So, you know, I'm going to be drafting, I would say, top. If I, if I survive this, and I, it's definitely not guaranteed, but if I do, I'll be drafting top four. Fourth, yeah. So if I get that pick right, then when it swings around again, it'll be whatever the sixteenth pick or something like that. You're so giving that up? No, it won't be the sixteenth pick. You you'll have the third or fourth pick in the draft, oh, which means sorry. that it'll be yeah, like no, about like the twenty twenty first. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay, okay. That's not that's not so bad. That's yeah. dregs. Yeah. Anyway, so, so it is. It I think at least that's Isaiah Crowell or Terence West next season. At least one of the three of us and possibly two are getting relegated this league. I think it's between the four of us at this stage. There might be one more person might be dragged f- in. Yeah, I still, f- I still think I can make the playoffs. I'm not joking. I still, my team 
until Ronnie Hillman did his foot, I was certain that I was going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Like, well, I also have like the second highest points against and way higher point scored average than anybody else yeah. that's you, anywhere near us. You've had, you have a stacked team and I, I always find in fantasy that it sort of balances out. You know, you might come against these kind of juggernaut teams but somehow it'll all kind of even out on some level. But then I'm thinking now after seeing you get hammered last week. 169 so points! Maybe it's just meant to be that yeah. this first to worst performance. Maybe you're. Maybe this is some the, pharma, the fantasy gods punishing you. <laughs> For winning last yeah, year in dubious circumstances, you, you, you could, about it. I don't know. Has the team ever won the league and got relegated the next year? Well, not with, since the three-season own league. Uh, old well, league. I mean, even in football. In my other league, Michal Quirk. I was reading uh, Paul Galvin's book. Michal Quirk features in the, uh, an yeah. epic moment of celebration, and uh, I was reading. I was like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to beat him this weekend. Yeah. But last Thursday night, I don't know if you can stretch your mind back all the way. Billy Cundiff misses a mm. and the shiver runs down my spine, and I go. That's going to cost me, isn't it? And I lost by two points. If he'd scored that, it would have been four points because you get deducted in ESPN mm-hmm. stupidly for missing a field oh, goal. Stupidly, yeah. come on. But you don't in Flea Flicker. Well, yeah, and, that's... Uh, and also, Mark Sanchez is on a team that scores 42 points. And you're thinking, how many? He must have thrown four touchdown passes at least. Two. Two touchdown passes. Mm. All the rest are run in. Uh, Tony, anyway. would you say Jared's the most bitter fancy football player you've ever come across? Um, you literally spend your entire time just giving out about things that happen. Well, that was a fluke. How are you missing field goals, Billy? I prefer, How are you missing field goals? I prefer the you got one job. One field goal. I prefer the bitter jar to the look how smart I am for <laughs> spotting this guy's talent, or look how dumb you are for starting that guy. Well, there's a lot of that. <laughs> and the point you made a minute ago about the uh, points against and things like that, like it is, it is a fair thing. But I was looking at the league a little bit and say in the other league where I'm obviously awesome in it that mm-hmm. like I have way like less points scored against me, and it's because I haven't had to play me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what a prick! I know, uh, but actually, my point oh, my point prick. is that often it is like a schedule thing as well. When that happens, like in in that league we're talking about, there's the guy who's running away with it. I haven't had to play him yet, and my point my points my points against look pretty good, pretty good. And I'm like, you know, feeling sorry for myself, but actually, he's just going to get 150 points against me next mm. week or whatever. The um, game this week, I'm playing James O'Connor, who is two and eight, yeah, propping up the table, but off a win. He beat me last week. He's going Actually, to uh, everyone beats Donny. He put now. I've, everybody's beaten. I, although I'm only one game behind Jaron for the sixth spot in the playoffs, but he put a hundred and something on me last week. He actually his that team was, his was pretty week. decent. Yeah, yeah. yeah, weeks and weeks of um, trolling the waiver wires. Mm. Actually, ended up means he's got CJ Anderson this week, Eddie Lacy, Brandon LaFelli picked up a couple of weeks ago in the waiver wire. Who uh, it has been sensational for the last couple of weeks. He's on two, starting for two teams. From then me. the rest of it's not amazing after that. So I was looking forward to gloating to Mick because uh, Jimmy Graham had a breakout game and if, uh, he might have had three touchdown passes with that botched um, Hail Mary thing. Yeah. Mick started the started Sunday pretty slow. And I was looking, I, was, I made a mental note at like maybe 10 o'clock, like, oh, I'm going to get something on him for the podcast next week. Then I logged on on Tuesday or something. And he'd beat Mossy by maybe 400 points or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of it had to do with the Eagles' D, which I've had all season, getting 31 points. It's insane. <laughs> so, yeah, actually both me and Mossy had a poor week, but he, his was so the bad Eagles that team... I was never really in trouble. And then mm. the, and then I was bailed out. But I had three players playing on Monday night and was only like three, three points behind or something. The Eagles' D must be miles and miles ahead of everybody else, are they? Well, they were, no, they were in the top like three or four they were number one going into their bye week that's why I kept them and got Miami which was a pretty good so I'm kind of I'm sort of flexing between Philadelphia and Miami at the moment I hate you yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, no, I think that 31 points has definitely bumped them up a little bit. They're pretty good to have. Monte Ball's back this week. He is, yeah. CJ Anderson's going to start, though. No, Monte's making it. <laughs> Monte is back. so crap. He's coming back. <laughs> Donnie's first round pick. Pick number three, was he? Four? No, he's mid, mid, somewhere in the middle. I think he might have been four. Hey, you get Monty Ball and Jimmy Graham your first two picks, you're doing okay. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think uh, you've you, you passed on DeMarco Murray and you passed on Andrew Luck. This is a... Uh, talk to me in 2018, man. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll see. Yeah, you won't be talking about Monty Ball in 2018. <laughs> He's going to be long forgotten at that stage. We're going to be talking... In Sammy, the CFL. <laughs> Sammy Watkins and uh, Odell Beckham Jr., who are both on my, my bench this week. So picks... Jar, last week uh, I had the opposite of you in terms of I had you had two long covers that just didn't work out. They fell apart. I had two picks that were going absolutely nowhere, and um, Kansas City came back early enough against Buffalo, but they were losing. But probably shouldn't have co- covered the spread in that game. And then Arizona were losing for the entire game, and then just got like twenty points and lost all of a sudden, and lost Carson Palmer to an ACL as well. Yeah, so I was two and one. Donny was two and one. Jar. Owen Tree has now slipped to six twenty and one in the season. <laughs> That's not Don, good. Donnie's twelve fourteen and one. I'm ten sixteen and one. So we're not that much better than you. Donnie's inching towards five hundred. Nobody would be making money on this. Really, you might be close to break even, but you're probably losing a little bit. We'd be losing. I think I obviously would be losing, but I'm, I've had a few two and ones now in, in a row. So I'm, I feel like I'm getting a, a handle of the league, which you know, nobody. I don't think anybody can really understand what the NFL is really about, but. At least you want to be seeing signs of progress. That maybe if you lose money up front, slowly you get a grasp of how things are, and then maybe by week sixteen, seventeen, you're kind of three and zero every week, and then try and just win playoffs. Uh, playoff games must be much more difficult. Yes. Yeah. Well, this, this week, say last week was a very was a week where there was all these blowouts, and it was good teams against bad teams. Now this week we have bad teams against bad teams, and good teams against good teams. Yeah, it's tough. This so week. It, I found these lines very hard. We should we should mention as well that we all, without any discussion, decided to go on Pittsburgh minus four yeah. last week against the Jets. Idiotic. And they lost so the game. Dumb. We should. Just, I'm going to take the blame since I introduced that idea, but like it was so obvious, I was going to knock that they were going to they were going to lose. Uh, okay, so am I going first? You can go first this week. Or unless you want to go last, because you and. After hearing our picks, since you've got some ground to make up. All right, go on. All right, I'm going to go first then. Again, again. This you want to go? You go first. Leader, you go first. Now go ahead. I'm making some decisions here. All right. So, again, tough week. I, I, I you got to. How are you going to say no to Denver indoors? Minus nine, St. Louis team. That's sort of you know they're kind of competitive. They've got some quarterback issues. Yeah, I like this pick. St. Louis plays really well against the teams in its division and crap against it's true, yeah. teams outside its division. I heard this week Jeff Fisher's going to hang on to his job by just putting up ballsy performances against San Francisco and Seattle. Yeah, so Arizona. the Cardinals. Boom, minus nine. I think. I mean, Manning. I think is going to light him up. So take that. Speaking I like it. It's a lot of points on the road against a, a like a ballsy team. Yeah, but I think they'll probably do it as well. Arizona. At home, Drew Stanton, Detroit. It's going to be a low-scoring game, probably decided by a field goal, but I just think maybe with the home field advantage that Arizona have, just the good vibes going around there. I can't even remember when they lost a game last. Maybe it was that Denver game. So They've only lost one game. so Yeah, and like you know, that was a weird game where, where um, Stanton got hurt as well. So Detroit, I'm, not, I'm just not sold on Matt Stafford at all or his kind of chubby face. <laughs> so... Apparently, I didn't see. Jesus, the, Matt Stafford was amazing in the last end of the game. Oh, I didn't see it. Yeah, it was really good. But he had, he, he had done. He had got close with a couple of others, like uh, Megatron. Sort of dropped. Well, he 
didn't really fight for a ball that should have been a touchdown, but he did that that side. That would have won the game as well. Yeah, mm. just s- squeeze. I did say last week that the Megatron, once he was back, was back. He was brilliant again. It was yeah, great to good. watch him again. Just uh, having no fancy, no bets or anything like that. Just seeing Megatron catching balls. But yeah, yeah, just this this amazing just sidearm under defenders straight into the only person that could catch it was yeah. uh, Riddick in the in the corner. It was the best thing I've ever seen. Riddick is apparently quite good. Is he? Is he young? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I actually don't know. He's the. It's, sorry, it's not the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's the best thing I've ever seen Matt Stafford do. Mm. Okay, so you're going... I'm going uh, Arizona. I'm going Denver, and I'm going to wrap it up with... Arizona minus two. Yeah, minus two at home, and I'm going to take uh, Cleveland at home, minus three, versus uh, Ryan Mallett and the uh, yeah. and Houston Texans, who you're putting the guy in, making his first start. Cleveland, a lot of positivity. Josh Gordon is coming back to ruin the season in a week. And I just think here we. This is sort of this is where the the hype machine on Cleveland is going to hit epic proportions. They're just going to blast the ball down their throat. The uh, has tr- anyone ever had an easier schedule than Cleveland? Oh my god, they're every, playing the worst team in the league every week. Every week it seems like. So that's my three. Is Aaron Foster playing? Yeah, he more is than, more than likely. Uh, it's going to be a game time. I worry about Cleveland. They, they more than I, they feel like they come up in this this section more than any other team. Yeah, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be too sure. What if Rod Fremont's actually been? Learning at the feet of God and has decided that I too can be God for such a long period of time. You know, How long was he there? Two, three years at the Patriots? The, the Patriots aren't going to let him go if they think he's amazing. But at the mm. same time, they're going to let him go because they realise Tom Brady is still Tom Brady and they don't need anybody for three or four seasons. Mm. And they've got Garoppolo. Yeah, Garoppolo. So it turns out, I don't know, he could be pretty good. I think that team is good. No sign of Clowney still really making any impact. Uh, uh, but JJ Watt's going to play. And yeah. I, uh, I want to see how they do. JJ also, Watt versus Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer. The run it's the battle of Bass. the. It's the battle of the Tom Brady backups, actually. Cleveland true, and yeah. uh, Cleveland and Houston. Matt Castle will be looking on. Matt Castle will be looking on. He was in between them, was he? Yeah. Well, he played the, the broken leg year. Mm. Right. I was eleven and five. Mm. I forgot. Didn't make the playoffs. I am going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh. oh. It's crazy. I know, it's crazy. Plus 7.5 on the road to Washington. A lot of points to be given up. I was thinking about that too. But... I made the mistake once. I got burned on Tampa Bay, <laughs> giving, like, as a huge underdog once. And I Was it the Atlanta game where they lost by 80? It was, I don't remember. I just blocked it out of my mind. They were so bad. And I don't think they're, like, I, I saw some bits of that Atlanta game where they're, like, oh, last week, where they're, like, kind of close, kind of there, but, like, totally incompetent. The oh, they're time. terrible. Like, hey, yeah. Mike Evans catches touchdowns yeah. every game. Rest of them, and yeah, no, they're they're really bad. But it's a game you're not going to see much of. You're going to like see, you know, two, three touchdowns on red zone. They're never going to show you a proper drive. And I have a feeling it's just going to be, you know, twenty eight, twenty four. RG three gives you either way. I win. No reason to have any faith in RG three. Well, he was just he was just so unprotected the last game he played. So they're off a bye. I don't know. I just look. I'm going for Tampa Bay. I don't trust Washington at all. Uh, Their season's kind of done. After that. Is that your first one? That's my first one. Get to it, come on. I'm going to take... Stop thinking about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers oh. at home to the Eagles, minus 5.5. I've got minus 6 on mine, but that's... Uh... Donnie? I saw minus 5.5 on the... Yeah, minus 5.5. So, I, I printed this... I just looked at this five minutes ago. Do you just printed off all day? Maybe no, that's no, the... like 20 minutes ago. Oh. Yeah, no, the line must have shifted. I don't know why. Anyway, minus 5.5 for now. I'm going to take them because I think that's going to be a really high-scoring game and Rodgers could go 
a bit yeah. nuts. Eagles. I, I think the Eagles score high in fantasy, but they're not actually an amazing uh, D. They're very good against the line, though. If you look at their... They, I think they maybe have only lost one game against the line this year. Well, that's gonna jump to two. I oh, wish, right. I wish I knew that two seconds ago. But there you go. Yeah, I've got the Packers as well. Okay, that's terrible to know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, and also, I am. Oh God, I'm gonna take the Steelers again. Oh no, I am. I'm gonna take them. This, this is another five point five. The Tennessee Titans are not good, I'm and the right? Steelers only play well against good teams. It's Monday night, it's always a blowout. It's become like the worst night of the week for football. Worse than Thursdays even sometimes. Watching the, the Satanta show the game the next day with none of the ads and watching the last five minutes of the game last week, the commentators were so bored. Yeah. The stadium also appeared completely empty. Oh yeah, people just get out of there. If, if, home game when the Eagles are winning. They're annihilating the Panthers. There's not much to see. It's a Monday night, you know. People at work in the morning. Those games Late. Kick, and when the ads kick in, it's, you know, they don't end until like... 30, and like. literally nothing is happening for the fourth quarter. It's just no, like, it's true. Well, you're watching Sean McCoy score a couple of is running as far as the line of scrimmage and getting tackled, and then they do it again three times, and then they punt the ball. <laughs> it's just like, what's the point? Yeah, okay. So yeah, I'm going to take the Steelers. I I see flaws in all picks in all my picks. Um, this could go really wrong this week, but there you go. That, that's what happens when you don't give things enough thought. New England Patriots plus three. Oh my. At the Indianapolis Colts. I'm glad someone's to, on them. I didn't have the balls to do it. They're trying to jinx some Patriots fans. Um, I've got the Green Bay Packers minus 5.5, which is even better than minus 6. And I'm going to go for the Nolan Saints. What line do you have on the Saints? I have 7.5. Yeah, okay. I have 7.5 too. Minus 7.5 against the Cincinnati Bengals, mm. who are possibly the most boring team in the world to watch at the moment. <laughs> they are. But the Saints... But the Saints kill themselves. They don't make any sense. Another team you don't have any faith in. The Saints coming off uh, their first defeat at home in a long time. Mm-hmm. Still atop their division. Uh, Jimmy Graham back alive, fighting. He's a man again. Drew Brees, brilliant for three and a half quarters. The Saints are weird. He was great, actually. He was... I, I have him in two fancy leagues and he not, like he was... Struggling to get his points up after two early interceptions, he was on six, seven points off. So I was just watching the game. He just made a lot of cool plays. Yeah, he made a lot of like nice little last second moves, long throws. Played really well, and then just like collapsed in overtime. Just to update Fumbled. everybody, I know we Austin Safari and Jenkins came up a little bit earlier. Yeah, picked mm-hmm. up again. Just just to mention that last week I was like, oh, and he's good. And so I dropped him at the last minute because uh, the bullshit predicted points on the ESPN app told me that some dickhead from Green Bay was going to score nine points. Corliss. No, the third one, Rogers. The only one of the tight ends not to score a touchdown in the first quarter for Green Bay when they were annihilating the Chicago Bears. Scored like one point or zero points, actually. Safarian Jenkins with gets nine points. I would have won the game if I had just stuck to the guy I, I picked up in preseason, specifically to be my replacement for the week that Gronkowski is off. Bottle it at the last minute, sub him out, and I picked him up again today just so that. Even though, but you, you, wait, you have Gronk back. I do have Gronk back. So you're not going to play him, you're just going to have him there just oh, he's to my, tantalize you. Are you going to start him He's your if Gronk dies tomorrow. Well, I have Tim Wright if, uh, if Gronk dies. Oh, so, mm. I should probably just get the, rid Those of him. projections are a lot of nonsense. Aren't they? I've got Greg Olson there this week bringing my entire projection down by being projected for six. I've got Dwayne Allen on my bench all year. He's been projected for. 14 or something I was like come on Matt Ryan 17 this week Mike Olsen has like 100 more fancy points this year than than 
Alan. Do you actually make decisions based on those predictions? No. That was the last, that was the first time I've ever done it. And it was like a pre-season decision I made to pick up Safarian Jenkins for this specific week. So you After were, I drafted Gronkowski. You dropped him for <laughs> And I picked him up again. And I had this like blind panic. Oh, they've got more points. This looks better. You heard Peter King on a podcast in the summertime who said he was going to have a big year. Yeah, that he, how said, it worked? he said he's very talented. Yeah. yeah. And he, he, what, he caught his first touchdown there last week? maybe his Second, second. Two in the last three weeks. He's been in and out of your team. He was injured for the first six, seven weeks. So he was my Odell. I worked with Odell Beckham. I, I went all in on Charles Sims last week, speaking of Buccaneers who, <laughs> want, who make you want to Bumble. smash the TV. So I, this is my quandary now this week. Do I start him? Also, mm, Rainey didn't do well. I'm entertaining offers for Peyton Manning at the moment in, in this league where I'm facing relegation. Uh, oh, yeah? Do you trade? So you're trying to make things happen. Do you trade your best guy and try to turn him into... Three Other guys, guys or yeah. two, or do you just roll with? I him? was thinking about that. My, my second running back is so pathetic in that league now. I was thinking if I trade Murray for two decent, like a Lamar Miller, you and, have uh, Marco Murray, and you're getting relegated. But that's all I have. <laughs> I have nothing else. <laughs> it's idiotic. I can't believe it. Well, he had Gronk once. Yeah, uh, and I traded him, and you all thought it was the greatest <laughs> trade of all time. Who um, my running backs this week in the GA League? Carlos Hyde and Bobby Rainey. Oh, Come on man. down. Predicted for nine points between them. Oh, God. Andre Ellington is going to be so sad watching them play from my bench. I'm going with Monte Ball and, <laughs> Monte Ball and Fred Jackson this week. And Terrence West in the flex. 0-0. Zero, zero. Terrence West might score. Yeah, Terrence West in the flex. That's, have, you got no, have you got no wide receivers? Uh, is Josh Gordon back this week? No. no. Uh, so next week. Wow. Um, wow. No, I've got Kelvin Benjamin. I've honestly got Andre Allenton on my bench this week. Uh, Why? <laughs> because I've got Morris is playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and I've got Matt Your Forte. Your receivers must and, be useless, are they? Well, I've got T.Y. Hilton. And who else? Edelman. Mm, that's why he's 8-1. 9-1. 9-1. I've got stupid Colin Kaepernick as my quarterback. Though. You're uh, going one and done in the playoffs, though, because um, you've been you've been trash talking some of the greatest athletes that this country has ever produced. <laughs> I decided I've never been in a position to trash talk before, so I decided to go for it a little bit. But they they are coming for I you. Do, I I I kind of do realize when when they say that this isn't going to end well for you, I just I, I kind of don't have enough to back over. I just say, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> I shouldn't be doing this. Right. Tweet us your abuse. Add off the ball. That's your uh, weekly NFL podcast. If there's anything else you'd like us to cover or something, uh, guests or whatever, or items you'd like us to do, feel free to get in touch by Twitter. And uh, thanks very much for listening.